welcome the spirits. So this podcast is called Dear Medicine, A Shamanic Healer's Journey of Self-Love for Earth Healing. My name is Betty Rooted Lionheart, and I have absolute trust in the strength of my story. I have absolute trust in the strength of my voice. Um, what I'm wanting to share with y'all today is what I've been experiencing over the last um, <clears throat> month and a half or so, two months, um, more of my journey in terms of having that absolute trust in the strength of my voice. Um, so on July 1 and 2, I taught Fundamentals of Shamanism for the first time. So I taught a two-day workshop um, in which people learn how to shamanic journey. And there was a lot of healing work that I needed to do leading up to that in order to come to a place of confidence and comfort and um, just ability to do it, to teach that. And um, my voice was definitely a part of that journey. Um, I got sick a couple of weeks before, and every time I get sick, um, sore throat is involved, um, a lot of mucus in the nose, throat area, it really impacts my voice. And so getting sick, leading up to teaching this workshop, um, really caused some anxiety for me. Because even after I heal from being sick, there's typically uh, the throat and the voice takes longer to come back to um, being strong and useful, I would say. So, um, so there was that going on. There was also um, some pretty serious discomfort with um, having to teach this in the way that my teacher teaches it. So this uh, Fundamentals of Shamanism is Becky Shining Bearheart's workshop in which she teaches people to shamanic journey and she has taught me and some others to teach it. And when those of us who have learned teach it for the first time, we teach it with her um, sitting in and um, and the purpose of that is for her to observe and to be able to give us feedback afterwards and where we did well and where we could use improvement. Um, the discomfort for me though is in um, that I do not have the cultural anthropology background that she has and um, the workshop starts out with a little bit of um, cultural anthropology history of um, shamanism and shamanic healing. And um, so I was in this fear state um, 
around teaching the workshop because I was sick, I wasn't being able to prepare, and then there was this chunk of the material that I just didn't feel comfortable with. Um, and so what I needed to do was consult my spirit guides, ask for healing, um, ask for support. So I'm gonna be sharing some of the healing journeys I did leading up to teaching this workshop. And on June 15th, I did a pretty significant journey in which the intention was, what healing do I need to wildly succeed with teaching fundamentals of shamanism? And I had had an inkling that there might be soul parts to be retrieved from um, what I think I touched on really briefly in the last podcast um, from failing my oral examinations in graduate school, from a situation in high school when I stuttered in front of the class, and also a situation in middle school where I um, had to memorize a poem and I did have it memorized but when I got up to the front of the class I couldn't recite it um, and it felt like these um, parts of my past that do stand out in my memory um, healing those could help me move forward in having that trust in my voice when it comes to being in front of, speaking in front of other people. So, um, for this journey, I grounded, centered, and shielded. And I went up to the moon. <clears throat> to meet with my circle of spirit guides. Um, my crystal water dragon is my spirit guide who takes me on the journeys for finding soul parts and he was immediately there curling around me. And so we went up to his mountain peak, excuse me, and um, found the soul part uh, that I lost in the graduate school situation and that soul part was a ball of red energy that um, that redness was related to its connection to my root chakra so we gathered that ball of energy and we went back to the mountain and saw the high school soul part and with this one um, we found my uh, the shape of my human form from that time and an orange ball of energy and that orange ball of energy is connected to my sacral chakra and then finally we went back to the mountain and saw the middle school soul part um, and there was a human form, uh, middle school age version of myself with a yellow ball of energy and that yellow was connected to my solar plexus. 
So these three soul parts were gathered up um, and we went to the pool of the goddesses and gods, which is a healing place that I often go to in the cosmos. At this pool, I, saw, I sat at the fire um, and the soul parts are there and the goddess Kali Ma was there and she, um, <clears throat> with her blades that she sometimes wields, she sliced up the orange and yellow balls of energy. And I am not really sure why <laughs> she did that, but that is what she did. And then the goddess Oya was there and she used her tornado energy to swirl the pieces of these severed energy balls back into their distinct um, orange and yellow balls of energy. And then the goddess Quan Yin came and she took the two younger girls, younger soul parts, one in each arm, and each girl was holding her yellow and her orange ball of energy. And Quan Yin, in embracing them in this way, was healing them with her compassion, which is this just absolute um, and powerful understanding that can heal things. And in doing this, each girl merged with her ball of colored energy. And then Quan Yin merged both of the girls into herself for a time, just completely filling them with her being, Quan Yin's being. And then when they emerged out of Quan Yin, one girl was um, just bright shining yellow in the shape of a human and the other girl was just bright shining orange in the shape of a human. And now it was time to focus on the um, graduate school soul part, that red ball of energy and my dragonfly came and she worked with that red ball. Dragonfly, when dragonfly comes, she most often um, does chakra healing work. So she worked in some way with this red ball of energy and she laid eggs on it. And then crystal water dragon held the ball and produced my human form from that time and merged that human shape with the red ball of energy. Excuse me, <clears throat> a little bit burpy. Um, and then Quan Yin held this 20-something-year-old um, part of myself and um, merged that soul part into herself for a time to fill that soul part with Quan Yin's being and compassion and understanding. And then I, my current spirit, 
was holding hands in a circle with these three soul parts, with the goddesses Kuan Yin, Oya, and Kali Ma, and Crystal Water Dragon holding energy in a circle around us. And I then um, sort of greeted each soul part individually. First, the, the orange high school soul part. So she was standing and I was on my knees and I put my face against her sacrum the sacral chakra is orange. And after connecting with her in that way, I stood and embraced her and her energy merged into me and settled in my sacral chakra. And then I did um, the same thing with the uh, middle school soul part, the yellow soul part. Um, she was standing, I was on my knees and I put my face to her solar plexus for a moment, and then I stood up and embraced her, and she merged into me, and her energy landed in my solar plexus. And then finally, with the graduate school, the red soul part, um, she was standing, I was on my knees, I put my face up to her root chakra, and, um, Kuan Yin was standing behind this soul part and Kuan Yin opened up my crown and this soul part actually entered into my crown and moved through my torso, through each one of my chakras and settled down in my root chakra. So then Kuan Yin merged with me to seal in the energy of these three soul parts. And then the goddess Oya um, tornadoed me up in her stormy energy for a time. And then Kali Ma and I were working with the energy of um, shooting arrows into the heart of a target, um, which was imagery from a, a tarot card in the Mother Peace deck that I've been working with. Um, it's, oh, I don't remember which card exactly. It's one of the fire cards, and a woman is um, shooting a series of arrows into the center of her target, and it is about having um, energy and intention moving rapidly towards what you're trying to manifest. And that felt very significant and, and very good in this context. <clears throat> so, one thing um, that I needed to do was uh, find that tarot card and put it on my altar and keep that in mind. Another thing that I needed to do in the weeks leading up to teaching Fundamentals of Shamanism was <clears throat> um, I have a uh, little amber pendant. It actually started out as an earring, but I needed to 
attach that to a leather adjustable cord and I needed to wear this amber pendant around my waist, um, kind of near my navel. Um, I needed to wear this continuously until and during teaching fundamentals of shamanism and it was setting right in my you know solar plexus sacral and root chakra area um, just reminding me constantly of this healing that had taken place for me and uh, for me jewelry necklaces earrings um, rings sometimes though not nearly as often because I uh, like to use my hands and I don't uh, really like to wear rings um, but anyway jewelry is a very important part of reminding myself of healing work that has happened um, a really important part of my incorporation of that healing work um, and Yeah, so that was um, that was what happened in in that journey, um, and then um, the next journey was about, um, and this came on June seventeenth, so a couple days later. I was asking how I can recenter myself when I'm feeling out of balance, um, when I'm feeling like I'm not living from a place of centeredness and balance, but I'm allowing myself to be in a state of um, fear or distrust. Um, so in this journey, I grounded, centered, and shielded. And I was immediately pulled down into the core of Mother Earth. And Mother Earth told me that my center, like within my physical body, my center is at my root sacral and solar plexus chakras and this was very related to having received those three soul parts back um, it's very related to where i am in my healing journey um, focusing on my physical body and with mother earth and the element earth and the physical body being um, well, Mother Earth being my primary spirit guide and the element Earth and the physical body being a big part of what I'm being called to focus on and um, feel into. And um, if you listened to the, uh, the short 10-minute sort of intro to this um, longer podcast um having a new lover in my life is a huge part of that a huge part of 
feeling my body in ways that I have not felt my body in a very long time. And of course, the sacral chakra, which is right in between the root and the solar plexus, um, governs our sexuality. So my center, <clears throat> the place where I find my balance in my body is now, at any rate, um, I feel like before it had been at my heart, but now it is at my root, sacral and solar plexus chakras. Um, and something that I can do if I feel really knocked off center is journey to the core of Mother Earth and sit in her center, uh, in the energy of the center of the earth. Because it's always calm and centered there. It is unchanging regardless of what happens on the earth's surface. Um, so that has been really helpful to me. And on the 17th of June, I was doing a series of journeys. Um, the next one was addressing my discomfort with the, um, the cultural anthropology, the historical piece of the teaching that um, I was coming up to. And also, um, touching on cultural appropriation issues, uh, which is a bigger topic um, for another time, or maybe it's something that I'll touch on now and again in the future. <clears throat> Let me grab a sip of my tea. So, I grounded and centered and shielded. I went down to my lower world cave and I just sat down in front of the fire, the fire circle that's in my cave. And I became weeping willow. Um, weeping willow is one of my, what I call core allies it is um, weeping willow is a core part of who I am um, it's not a um, sort of external to me spirit guide it's it's a very integral part of who I am um, so I became I turned into weeping willow and I grew huge such that I didn't fit into my lower world cave um, but the the giant crown of this weeping willow grew up and out of my cave and the roots went deep into the earth and then I found that I was in the cave of a spirit guide who I call Holy Mary Neith and Neith is an ancient Egyptian goddess 
whom I work with um, cloaked in the guise of Mary and what Holy Mary Neath wanted me to share in the workshop was um, to share how the goddess, the goddesses, survived patriarchy cloaked as Mary, uh, mother of God, mother of Jesus, within Christian traditions. Um, and in this same way, shamanic practices which were actively um, targeted and purged in the same way that um, pagans, witches, um, all of these traditions based in earth, um, earth-rootedness, earth-based spirituality, all of these um, were actively being purged by patriarchy. Um, so various forms of the goddess survived, cloaked, disguised as Mary, um, hidden from view and yet still accessible to her people and to primarily her female worshipers. Um, so shamanic practice is one of the oldest patriarchal ways um, for humans to connect with the earth, to connect with spirit, um, to connect with each other, to connect with um, all our relations, the animal kingdom, to know how to walk in balance um, on the earth, which is our mother. And it is important to recognize that um, the patriarchy also purged the spirituality from the white-skinned people uh, in addition to all of the other peoples around the globe. Um, and teaching people to shamanic journey is reconnecting all of us with that ancient path, past, um, path of the past, uh, the path of our ancestry. Um, this very transformative way of being. And I then found myself with the goddess Sekhmet. She is an Egyptian lioness-headed um, warrior, healer, goddess. Um, and she told me to just be honest. Um, and tell the participants in the workshop that I'm not versed in the cultural anthropology background um, of shamanism. And there are some reasons for it. Um, one reason is the bulk of that cultural anthropology 
information um, was collected by white male anthropologists and um, is um, processed through that lens, the white male patriarchal uh, Western modern industrial whatever all these all these things right all these words we can put on dominant um ruling culture um and i don't have a lot of interest in that nor total faith in the validity of the information collected in that way um, another reason is that I have some trauma having been in graduate school, having been in pursuit of a PhD, um, and having struggled really hard with, um, how freaking difficult academic writing is to understand, um, it feels like it's it's written to actively um, not be accessible to probably you know ninety five ninety eight percent of the people on the planet. Uh, it's very difficult, at least for me, very difficult to read and to understand. Um, and having chosen to leave academia. Um, in a lot of ways, I've chosen to leave behind me that struggle to try to understand that kind of elitist writing. And um, so there's that. And then the other very practical piece is that I have two children who are now um, 11 and almost 15. And I have been... Um, in a marriage that has been unhappy for almost 15 years and um, I've been working to earn a living and um, just practically speaking I have not had the time to dive into a study of the cultural anthropology of shamanism. So I was just asked to share these things, to be very honest and um, let people know that you know I can deliver this little bit of content but I can't probably effectively answer a lot of questions that might come up around this historical content um, and to share that what I do have is seven and a half years of lived shamanic practice that from the moment I learned to journey and found that it was what I'd been seeking all my life without knowing what what I was seeking or that I was seeking I've been 110 percent 200 percent whatever devoted to this path of shamanic healing and what I am here in the workshop to do is to help people learn to journey, not to teach them history. 
and I'm fully confident in my ability to help people learn to shamanic journey. So all of this was uh, relief, you know, it just um, felt like such relief and felt like um, leaning on something that is so important to me in how I interact with other people, which is honesty. Um, and often honesty about um, discomfort. Um, when I stepped into facilitating uh, work that reconnects workshops, I set myself at ease by, you know, in the introduction to those workshops, just sharing with people um, how um, shy of a person I am and how um, edgy, how um, pushing my um, comfort zone it is to be in front of a group of people and guide, teach, facilitate. Um, so that it, it just resonates with me, just honesty, transparency about who, who I am. Um, so then in this journey, um, in this journey, I was told to tell the workshop participants that I was, I was told to start the workshop in the medicine wheel apprehended root waters. This was an in-person workshop to start it in the medicine wheel um, in this beautiful, energetic, powerfully energetic physical location um, to share with them that this medicine wheel was shown to me by the indigenous grandfathers and indigenous grandmother spirits of braided root waters and um, to tell the participants that the earth keepers um, again the earth keepers are grandmother moon grandfather sun mother earth and father sky that the earth keepers and the indigenous grandfathers and grandmothers give the participants permission to learn to journey, that their own ancestors give them permission to learn to journey, that their spirit guides, which they have at least one, even if they don't know any of their spirit guides yet, their spirit guides give them permission to learn to journey. Um, and that permission is about addressing cultural appropriation. Um, cultural appropriation is um, something that some people believe that when um, white people or non-indigenous people practice 
shamanic journeying and shamanic spirituality that we are actually um, stealing spirituality from indigenous people and um, and yet again if we go back far enough all of our ancestors lived this way and practiced this kind of spirituality and we all have the right to connecting with spirit in this way we all have the right to learn from our spirit guides how to be better humans how to heal and transform ourselves how to walk with more balance on this beautiful planet um, and so that's what this permission piece is about um, I did reframe it in the workshop in terms of it being an invitation um, by the earth keepers um, by the spirits the indigenous spirits of the land by their own spirit guides by their own ancestors to learn to journey um, and that was done at um, uh, I guess in response to my teacher's discomfort with uh, the concept of it being presented as permission um, when I shared with her this this journey work and um, I was shown to begin the workshop with um, each person uh, with passing a talking piece around the circle and each person having two or three minutes to share a little bit about themselves. Um, and that felt really good because circle work is um, one of the things I'm really rooted in in terms of the, um, the work that reconnects, the despair circle type of work that I do. Um, and I was asked to begin the workshop after we, we went around and got to know each other a little bit, um, begin the workshop by leading a 20 minute grounding and centering and shielding practice, which is the way that I ground and center and shield and it is the way that I've been asked to um, share with other people. Uh, when they're first learning to ground, center, and shield, and um, importantly to share with them that that is just one of many ways, but to give them an embodied experience of grounding and centering and shielding, uh, which is foundational to journey work. Um, we ground, center, and shield before every journey, and I have a tendency taught by my teacher to anytime I'm sharing a journey to say I grounded, centered, and shielded, and then <laughs> begin to share the journey. So you've heard me do that. Um, and I felt so, all of this, I felt so grateful, so like, oh, of course I need to 
I need to be me. I need to start this workshop off grounded in who I am and what I am most comfortable with. And I realized that I had really kind of been feeling like I needed to try to be my teacher in teaching this workshop um, because of her strong emphasis on needing to teach this material in the way that she teaches it. Um, and so it just really shifted me. This one journey really shifted me out of that space of discomfort and fear into a place of, oh, I, I can do this. I've got this. Like, yes, this is, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I do. Um, and... I took some time in this journey to connect with each of the indigenous grandfathers and indigenous grandmothers who had been um, central in um, giving me this very comforting information. Um, and I won't go into the details of that, but I do want to share their names, um, Grandfather Rooted in Earth, Grandfather Rains All Tears, Grandfather Eyes of Child, Grandmother Leading Thunderbird Woman, Grandmother Bright Knowing Water, and Grandmother Story Weaver. Um, one of the messages that I did receive from them in that process was that after this workshop, it would be really important for me to begin giving, um, begin providing a weekly opportunity for the students who just learned to journey to come together and practice journeying together. Um, and there'll be more about that a little bit later. Um, so, um, that journey ended again with me feeling so grateful and um, just full to overflowing with love and gratitude for my spirit guides and a renewed sense of confidence. Um, and this is already 45 minutes worth um, and there's a lot more that I wanted to go through, so let me see how I can sort of close this out. Um, I think that possibly what I should do is um, close this one out and record the rest of this trajectory 
there's more healing work leading up to teaching fundamentals of shamanism and then a little bit what happened during the workshop and then um, what happened for me afterwards. But um, I don't want this to be an hour and a half or two hour recording. So let's, um, let's bring it to a close here. This podcast is called Dear Medicine, A Shamanic Healer's Journey of Self-Love or Earth Healing. My name is Betty Rooted Lionheart, and I have absolute trust in the strength of my story. I have absolute trust in the strength of my voice. <laughs>